it's amazing sometimes, you know, uh, before we uh, got together, we had to, you just have to sit down and take a little time to grasp some things and, 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 and many people say meditate, some people pray, some have to have a song, but you're getting yourself together because there's so much going on. Hello, everybody that's joining. Uh, it's so much, so much. But anyway, um, I was asked a question, how do you know if your boo is not for you? And, um, the person that asked me this, she says, uh, I know that you, 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 you pastors don't like to go into deep things, except for you do, she said. You, you just go there. Well, because the Lord goes there. But how do you know? It's amazing because, mm, that is a, that's really something. I'm telling you, that's really something. <laughs> um, let me first go to Ephesians. Ephesians says, uh, and it's Apostle Paul setting some things in order. We know that Christ Jesus said that uh, divorce was never supposed to be in the beginning. But Moses allowed it to happen because of hardness, hardening of the hearts. Meaning that you get to the point where you just don't want to go any further. So, um... He said that the only way there was supposed to be one is if uh, there was uh, adultery. That's what the Lord says because, you know, the Lord is perfect. And he, and he tells you the standards of what the Lord is going, what the Father, who is the same, means. Um, but we're going to talk about what uh, the Apostle Paul was telling the church in Ephesians and, and it is for us today. It says in Ephesians 5.22, Wives, submit to your husbands as to the Lord, because the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is the head of the church. He is the Savior of the body. Now, as the church submits to Christ, so also wives are to submit to their husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives, just as Christ loved the church and gave himself for her to make her holy cleansing her with the washing of water by the word. He did this to present the church to himself in splendor without spot or wrinkle or anything like that, but holy and blameless. In the same way, husbands are to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself, for no one ever hates his own flesh, but provides and cares for it just as Christ does for the church since we are members of his body for this reason a man will leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife and the two become one flesh then it says this mystery is profound but i'm talking about christ and the church to sum up each one of you is to love his wife as himself and the wife is to respect her husband didn't say wives love her husbands you notice that and we said that before because wives will instantaneously love their husbands unless she really has some spiritual things going on inside of her will instantaneously love her husbands because he will love her now this is clear-cut case right here how do you know your boo is not for you if he's not doing this it's the truth you can fall in love with people that don't agree with you you can fall in love with people who don't believe the same as you but if they really for you, this would line up. 
It's something that we are, we 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 get ourselves into, and it doesn't mean that every uh, marriage is going to be happy and complete. Some people, so many will ask, um, "Well, what if we disagree on some things?" That's fine. That's supposed to be. You're two different people. Uh, but on the major things, you have to be in agreement. There has to be an agreement on the things of your spirituality, on the things of uh, even in, in just raising your children, if you have them, uh, con conducting business in the household, these things, there has to be an agreement. Now, if you two are on different pages and you say that you both are uh, Christians and you're on different pages as far as the the elements, the essence of your faith, meaning that one doesn't even believe that Christ existed in the first place, you got a problem. You got a major problem. That's just the way it is. And if uh, you have your 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 spouse or your girlfriend or your boyfriend, your 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 loved one, and you never agree on the major things that's in your life, you're gonna have a problem. Um, many would say, well. Well, a Christian and, and an unsaved person can't be together. That's not true. They're not supposed to immediately, like someone's, they, the word says, you're not supposed to immediately uh, uh, go into a relationship with someone that doesn't believe uh, in Christ if you are Christian. That's not supposed to happen because he says that's going to be a problem. And it will be. Um, but then it also says that if someone who's not a Christian is willing to stay with you, willing to stay married to you then you to stay with them now this is what this means there are some people that don't want to go to church uh, because they've been hurt there are some that um, you know they, they would do everything that you want them to do and need them to do as far as ministry and, and say that you're in ministry. Everything that you need done, they're making sure that that happens. They go, if, if they don't have the resources, they're going to find someone that does and help you get to where you need to be. That happens all the time. I know some for sure that's like that. Uh, the men are, are vice versa. The wife wouldn't go to church anymore because she'd been just you know, destroy. So, but if someone is loving you, they're going to love you like they love themselves. If there's something that they desire, they're going to always see that for you. Whatever is going to make you uh, uh, happy, whatever is going to make you content, they are willing to get on page, get on board with those things. And the same thing with you. You, if you love that person, if they are your person, there's nobody else for you. You're not even trying to look out there and trying to find out if there's any other fish in the sea. Now, the truth of it is, if, if you're with someone that has not emotionally gotten there yet, then you shouldn't be married anyway. You should be allowing them to have the time. And, they, and really, don't even put yourselves in the situation of being married or acting as if you are married. If you're not on the same page, word keeps saying that over and over again. It's going to cause too much problems. There's too much beauty in life, too much beauty in marriage that he created for you to be having these uh, 
neglectful, hurtful, uh, abusive type relationships. And what do we mean by abusive? It doesn't mean that everyone that's in an abusive relationship, it has to be physical. But I guarantee you, if it continues on, something will take place or someone will be a subject of physical abuse. If there's mental abuse, someone's constantly making you feel less than, small, that you're not good enough, you're not, you don't have the mental capacity uh, that they feel that they are deserving of. Or if they are uh, verbally abusing you, saying all sorts of hurtful things anytime and every time they feel like they should and it gets worse and worse and worse and it's a pattern over and over again. Uh, then if they are emotionally abusing you, meaning that they know that where you are with them, they know that you are in love with them, but yet and still they can't be content with you alone. They have to keep branching out to someone else. Emotionally abusing you, constantly doing those things. And then to the point, like we said, we already know what sexual abuse is. And then to the point of physical abuse. One will go into the other, one way or the other. Some would say, how? Uh, they never sexually abused me, really. If someone is with you, and then all of a sudden sex to them is just entertainment, it's just a, a moment of pleasure that when you don't do it immediately, that means the door is open for anybody else to do it. And then when they come back to you, it's uh, dangling over your head. You see, and then uh, you see what you made me do. If you hadn't have said this, if you hadn't have done that, and all of it, come on. Then you knowing that's not your boo. Your boo will be like you. Yes, you may think different things about different things, but when it comes down to the essence of who you are, what makes you you, what makes you uh, the person that they fell in love with, if then when they find out that that source is Christ and they no longer want that, they don't want you. And that may be difficult to hear, but it is the truth. Now, what do you do if you are already married to them? Now, the truth is, as a Christian, you can't move yet. You just can't budge. Now, some people would say, well, if Christ said that the only reason why you can, uh, you can divorce is because of sexual, that means if you had, uh, 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 you had adultery, that means already, immediately done. But Ephesians, Apostle Paul was letting you know there's some other reasons. There's some other things that can also tear this up. And what do you mean? They said it didn't say that immediately. It, it's indefinitely implies. It says, wife, okay, you're going to submit yourself to your husband's like you doing to the Lord because he's the head of the wife and, 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 and it's like Christ is head of the church. But that's talking about someone who's in Christ, who's loving the Lord. Uh, husbands that don't do that really can't expect that. They can't expect this woman who is created to be a helper to you, be complete and submitting herself to you when you're not submitting yourself to the Lord. How do you even expect her to do that? If you can't even uh, keep your own self in order. You can't uh, discipline your own thought processes. You can't uh, uh, 
pray about your own impulse controls. You got to always find someone to tickle your fancy. And women too. So I'm not just trying to just throw it on the man, but you just heard who's over that marriage, who's over, who the Lord is looking to for a marriage to be made a broken. Now, we're not saying that uh, you have to divorce because someone has had affairs. That's not the case. But if it's something to the point where you feel like you just can't do this, they automatically... Uh, Gave you the out, according to the Lord, because the marriage was for you too, and the Lord. It wasn't for someone to blend with someone else. He just said that you become one flesh. And the one who loves his wife will love himself. Now, if he doesn't love his wife, the Lord already said he doesn't love himself. And that would show in every action that that man would do. If it's just something that uh, people would say, well, he loves himself because he buys himself this, he does this and that. Another. No, a man or woman does not love themselves. If they can divide themselves among people like they're just crumbling up a loaf of bread, scattering yourself to the wind. You are giving too much of yourself to someone else, to many people. That's the reason why I tell people all the time, you got to pray your body parts back. Because everyone that you have had sexual intercourse with, you became a part of. And became a part of whom they had sexual intercourse with. And that is proven. A lot of people like the scientific facts of the matter. Well, the scientific fact of the matter is that when someone has gotten a sexual transmitted disease, you got that from someone who got that from someone. So that's your proof in the pudding there. Uh, I was also, uh, I like, uh, you know, I have a lot of commercial breaks. So I was given some information that just proves the word today. I didn't say anything to the individual because I know that that might not have gone over well. Uh, especially when they have already allowed you to know that they don't believe that the word was, well, they said that they don't believe that God wrote the word. The word never did say that God wrote it. He said that he uh, gave it to men who wrote it down. And so I don't want to go in there either because if people don't believe that the Lord even gives you information, I don't know why, because people write books every day. So they think they bring this stuff up themselves. I really don't understand how people can think that your own thought processes are yours. You have a choice with what you do with what you think. And that is reason why the Lord tells you once you become his child, that you ask him to bring all of your thoughts in subjection. Because you don't want to have vain imaginations. You want to just be thinking any and everything because we're capable of doing the most vile, evil, destructive things. We are very capable of doing those things. But we have to uh, pray. And those who do not have that faith, they, they, they will say, well, I'm able to control myself. Okay? You disciplined yourself to not do certain things. That means that somebody raised you well, 
And that's the natural meaning of the natural uh, ability that you have. Someone taught you that you should not be doing those things. It's almost like, and it's not to be offensive, I'm just telling you from uh, a Christian perspective, like I tell you all the time. We talk about everyday life situations, but from a Christian perspective, because I am one. Now, the truth is, when you teach a child something, like such as you teaching them to read, the first thing when they learn to read, they are mimicking the sounds you made when you uh, teaching them the letters and what they sound like. Then they get to the point where they can put these letters together and you tell them what that word is and they get familiarized with what that word looks like, what it sounds like. You even give an illustration of what, how to use it in a sentence. When they're able to do that, they have now, as we said, have gotten a, a, a handle on that word. They've grasped the meaning of that word. And... That is even when you are rearing children because you, we can tell our children a lot of things, but they're going to go by what we say, how, what we do, not so much of what we say, but what we do. Your teaching them is more affected by what they're seeing and hearing on a daily basis. And when you're teaching them uh, certain behaviors, what to do, not to do, you telling them this is how you're supposed to conduct yourself when you in this situation. This is what you're supposed to do when you're in that situation. And you are not supposed to uh, uh, just come into a room and not speak to someone. And you're not supposed to just shun someone and, and give them the silence treatment. It's amazing how when we get grown sometimes we forget all that we were taught. <laughs> But when you teach, and, and, and when the Lord tells us to teach someone, they, he says, teach them in the way that they should go. Meaning that in the way they are, they're bent, the giftings that he's giving them. You train them to go in that direction. And when you do that, they won't depart from it. We in the natural teach children how to act how to behave and a lot of what we teach people is because we are so afraid of what people are going to think if they don't act a certain way now we don't want our children to be rude no we don't but the thing is when you get to the point you are ashamed of your child because they might not have uh the background of certain people or even of yourself and, and we said this before if we ask anyone we expect anyone to be like us we really doing them a disservice it doesn't matter how great we have become in society or the way people perceive us even if we able to dot all of our i's corrected cross our t's uh curl the r's and 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 Curl the seas. It doesn't matter. If we have not given ourselves over to the Lord, we have some nasty things going on in our personalities. We can think some harmful things. We can do some, some ugly, rude, socially unacceptable things. And that is the truth. When pressure is put on us, if we have not given ourselves over, then we, we really we can go there. 
the, the truth is we all were made to worship something, to believe in something. And many of us have different beliefs, yes. But what we are talking about tonight is how do you know that's not your boo? It's because you're not on one accord. You are not the same in the most uh, uh, important areas. Yes, more than likely you will stay there if you marry. And if you're praying through, and you constantly will be praying through. Uh, but what if that person had left you? That's what some of the questions I was asked too. What if that person had left you? Then you're free. You're totally free. They, they abandoned the marriage or maybe they committed adultery or they didn't commit adultery, but they abandoned the marriage anyway. They found a reason to end that marriage, to suit them in whatever form or fashion that they so chose to do. And you're a Christian. You couldn't do that to them, but they did it to you. Then they freed you. They truly did. Then someone says, then what if they came back and they wanted to um, make the marriage work? If you had not gone on to someone else, and, 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 and the Lord, you have decided that, and well, we already know if you, you desire sexual intercourse, you are to be a married person. So we know this. But if you had not married anyone else, and you still are uh, in love with that person, you want to desire to have that marriage to work, and they come back and, and they want to uh, reconcile, and you so desire to do that, then the word did not say. Now, in the old covenant, we said it would be a mess. See, the Lord gave us a lot of grace. But in the old covenant, you would have found that once you, someone divorced someone and had gone back to them, then people would have said that that was a mess, you know, because why, why go back if they didn't work the first time? But we know that the Lord gave grace, and we know that also the Lord said that the reason why they divorced in the first place because it was a hardening of the heart. They forgot the love that they had for one another. Now, we do know that um, some people have said that um, they got married for situations, whether it's for financial, they wanted someone that they just had one person that they could be sexually satisfied with. And, and if these are the reasons that you've gotten married, that's not your boo. It really isn't. If you just got married just because uh, this person... Uh, can buy you this and buy you that. And whether it's the woman being able to buy the man things, because it's not always men make more money than the women. And, uh, and if this, you just want to be married to this person so you won't get a venereal disease. Lord says, yes, the scripture did say, uh, Paul was saying that uh, if you can't contain yourself with your virgin maid, then it's better for you to marry than to burn in your lust. And that's true because if you desire sexual intercourse, you're supposed to be a married person. Simple as that. Doesn't mean that you're supposed to be having sex with other people's married person, okay? It means that you're supposed to be married to your own person and have sexual intercourse with them. But if you just got married just to do that, then you need to be praying because more than likely, that's not your boo. But the Lord will work it out for you, though. There, Yes, there's processes in marriage. It takes mature people to get married. 
That's just the truth. It doesn't mean that you have to be old in age because there have been very mature young people that have gotten married. But they were mature emotionally. They were mature mentally. The truth is because if you feel like you're just going to get in it, but then all of a sudden uh, the situation, life situations happening that day gets you to the point where you just can't handle that, you really are in a fix. And you're not supposed to use that as an excuse to get out because you've gotten married. Now, you don't tear up yourself. That's like cutting yourself in half and you're bleeding to death all over the place. That's exactly where it is. Now, you're talking from, to a person that knows this for certain. I know that this is to be true. Oh, I, 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 I forgot to tell you when I, the, the conversation about, I was uh, reminded today that there were some scientists that have proven that there's other uh, intelligent forms on different worlds. And I said I wasn't going to go too far in the conversation because it only proved the word because the Lord was talking about the worlds that he made. All of these things he created and not just earth and the eight planets and now they're sent other planets and all of these things. He already clearly said had mankind right. When he was talking about mankind, it wasn't just every mankind. He had it to the prophets. That's the reason why when Christ said that everything was hinged upon the law and the prophets because he gave it to the prophets to write down. They could hear spiritually exactly what he was saying. He proved himself even in the word over and over again, he came again, not just in the embodiment of Christ, but he came in a fleshly body before then, even in the old covenant. Many people say, well, I don't believe the word. And it's amazing because they more than likely didn't read it. I'm just going to tell you, because when you read it, you will see that you're living it. You even, uh, the old covenant is even uh, actually validating the new covenant. The era that we're living in. And that was a, a, a good point that I heard. And I hear this a lot when people said that um, the word was just written to control people. I hear that a lot. And that is because really there are some things in you that you don't want control. And that's the truth. The Lord doesn't want to control you. He's trying to keep you with him. Because there's certain things that we would do that would keep us so far from him. We'll never ever be in a relationship with him. And that's what it's for. Now, we so easily to um, get ourselves bound to other things, anything that mankind say, yeah, we'll be that, be that and do that. But when the Lord calls us out on our stuff, the first thing we think, oh, he's just bad. It's just bashing. It's just controlling us, trying to keep us from doing what? Finish the sentence. What I really want to do. That's all that's about. Because when we want to do what the Lord wants to do, you want boundaries. You want limitations. You want to keep yourself from wrecking yourself. But if you want to do things your way, and someone is telling you that what you're doing is not right, that's the first thing you want to go to is your defense. They're saying you are not right. That's not what they said. The word not saying that you are not right. He says that what we choose to do isn't if it's outside the will of the Lord. Now, if you're with someone that already feels that way, 
you wanting the boundaries of the Lord. You enjoy them because you know that without them, it's going to take you to dark places that you know exist. You know that there will be some things that you could do sexually that's immoral. You know that there's some things you can do physically that's immoral. You can even speak a thing that's immoral. All of these things, you want to stay in the boundaries and allow the Lord to change you, transform you, that you can love people that you would not have even had a first thought about. But actually, you love them with compassion. Not just uh, 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 sympathy. But you can relate to them. And that makes you empathetic. Because there are some areas that you have experienced and you're able to share those experiences with them. But if you get to the point where you don't want to hear anything that the Lord says, because all he's ever going to do is talk about stuff that really what? Let's finish it again. You don't want to give up. If you want to give it up, it doesn't bother you to hear these things. And the word makes it very clear but in this word, if you really read it, it's not even about controlling you. That's the reason why I know that when people say that, they, don't have, they have not read this word. They've read someone say things and, and maybe that individual might have pointed out certain sins because they see it in you. They might have, the first thing they talk about, you shouldn't have fornication. You know that too because your body feels it whether or not. You read that word or not. You already know if you slept with somebody that you didn't even have uh, feelings for, you feel bad later. That's already your, your spirit letting you know you shouldn't have gone there. But then if you keep doing it, you can get that, the, the, your own spirit to be in agreement with what you're doing. Even though at first, at one point, it told you that it was wrong. Your, you can train your brain to believe anything that you put in it, such as even if you have started on drugs and, and the first thing uh, your brain lets you know this is not the way it's supposed to be. But if you keep doing it, it actually start receiving it as if it's a nutrient when that thing is actually killing you. But your spirit won't lie to you. It'll always let you know. And we know that anytime we do anything that is not supposed to be, we're left with that feeling, this hole in, inside of us. We feel uh, ashamed. There even is a fear of, uh, a, uh, a feeling of fear comes on us. Who's going to know it? I can't believe I had gone there. But you will find a way to make that right if that's something you want to keep doing. Now, when someone is in the church, I know that a lot of people, they like to point these things out. They think, people think, generally it's usually when someone thinks that you're calling them out on something. It makes them fearful. They won't even stay around to hear the rest of the story because it seems so cl co close to what they're going through, what they have experienced. I used to wonder why a woman of God that I still love very much would say that she didn't like to even give an a, a awesome prophetess and apostle. She didn't like even giving a word to those that she knew, especially her kin people. She would know the word. Ask the Lord to send somebody else to give that word to them. And she said because they would hear better from somebody else. And generally you would think the opposite thereof. That if they're close to you, they will receive it from you. That's not, the that's not always the case. 
Because they are close to you and familiar with you, they feel like that you should best just be able to just smooth things over. If the Lord didn't smooth it over, you don't smooth it over. You just tell them exactly what the Lord says because he knows what's best for us. And he's not out to get us. He's not out to destroy us. He's not out to hurt us in any way. He doesn't even try to manipulate or control you. Really? God not trying to control you? That's what the Bible is saying. It controls. Nope, absolutely not. Because he gave us a free will. He doesn't even usurp your own free will. Even though he knows that you're about to wreck yourself up. He will constantly come to try to get you to see it the way it should be seen. That what you're doing is destructive to you. Not only physically, mentally, emotionally, but spiritually. Who you really are inside of that flesh body of flesh, who you really are. There are certain things that we can do that can destroy us and keep us eternally from him. And when you get to the point where you know that what the things that you knew once was wrong, now it's okay for you. Now you find yourself compromising with anybody else that did that because you know that I did it. And what if somebody says something about me? That's all it's about. It's your selfish pride. You are your own God. You're controlling yourself. And you don't want the real God who loves you to love you enough to tan your tanning and say, don't do that. And that's the enemy tricking you because if you don't have boundaries, then you end up being a bastard. Now someone say, well, I have a daddy. That has nothing to do with your daddy. It has the truth is that we're bastards mean we have no boundaries. We do whatever we want to do. Don't care what anybody thinks about it. And the next thing we'll say, oh, please, I'm not going to judge anybody. Why? Because you don't want to be judged yourself. That's what you think. People don't have to judge you when they see it. Judging means you have to discern a thing. You have to uh, listen to the truth or the facts as they are presented and weave through, the, through it to get the truth. Meaning you don't see that truth immediately. But when something is so clear as a glass of water, everybody knows it, everybody sees it, and you do too. And you're constantly doing that same thing. That's no judgment in that. That's just announcement. And so just say that. You don't want anybody to announce the truth that you want to do you. And you don't care what anybody else think about it. So I don't want them to talk about me. I'm going to do let them do what they want to do too. And then you got your own choice about how you want them to do what they do too. Because if they're doing something that even you don't like, then you're upset about that. That makes us then what? Controlling. You really don't, don't, let's not get there. Outside of God, we can be very controlling. We want people to want what we want, yes. But in marriage, let's get this to truth. Let's get back there. It's supposed to be that way. You're supposed to be on one accord. You're supposed to think on the same things as far as those things that are most important. And your spirituality is the most important because you are spiritual beings. And the Lord says that those that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Now, if you married to someone that you did not know, does not believe in those things. If they did not divorce you, you do not seek that divorce. Where it says that, especially if they're not beating on you now. 
If they're not constantly verbally and mentally and emotionally abusing you. If they're really sweet and kind and loving to you. In every other way. They're even willing to go the extra mile to allow you to be in ministry if you're in ministry or allow you to go to church because you love to go to church and be around those that worship and all these things. And they're not trying to criticize you, not trying to talk about God, not trying to mock you, not trying to shame you, not trying to do any of those things. And even willing to go with you. And maybe if they don't go with you. But they're making sure that your, your, your opportunity to go is there. And they're trying to make your experience very pleasant for you to go. Then that more than likely is your boo. What you mean by that? Let's talk about that. I thought you said the Lord said not to marry those that were unequally yoked with you. No, let me tell you. You're not supposed to seek them out. No, because they don't want, those are those that really just don't believe and don't want anything, don't want you to have anything to do with the Lord and, and all of these things. And they're not trying to criticize the Lord. They're not trying to mock you. They're not trying to shame you. They're not ridiculing you to people. They're not trying to be detrimental to you. They're not doing anything to hinder you as far as the things that, of the Lord. And they were, they're contributing to you because they love you. Love will compel them to do something. Love will compel you to do something for them. That's when you know you loving them. But we're talking about those that decide they, they, you know, they're married to someone that said they're never going to church. Because I'm going to tell you something. Somebody that's willing to allow you to love on the Lord more than likely have been hurt by people. More than likely been church hurt. Because that's the reason even um, the Apostle Paul was saying, how do you know that? By you being holy did not sanctify that one. And your children that's born in that marriage, even though you saved and they're not, those children are now sanctified. They're covered. Because one being, there, if someone who's saying that they're not a Christian don't believe that way, but yet and still they're allowing you to really love the Lord and they're allowing you to worship the Lord and you doing it openly, they're not mocking you in any way. You can just freely praise the Lord around them and you're comfortable doing those things. And let me tell you something. The reason why Apostle Paul wrote that because the truth of the matter is that person might have been hurt in church, but that person is really wanting to seek the Lord like you. That's why they're doing these things and allowing you to do that. And that's why there's harmony in your home. Because he's letting you know. How do you know? It may take them a while to openly confess that thing that they are a Christian. That they want to be where you are. And more than likely they're going to get to where you are. That's why he said that you just don't leave them because all of a sudden, in that situations where someone had just became a Christian, though, they both were unsaved, and then this person became a Christian, and then their mate did not. Now, I'm also talking about those who were Christians, and you thought that you were marrying a Christian. And then you find out later they are not where you are. Don't believe the things that you you do. You still can't just get out. That's not a reason. The Lord didn't give you that out. You, if they, like I said, if the other abuses are not there. They're not sleeping around with everybody. They're not verbally, mentally, emotionally abusing you. Then you stay. You pray and you allow the Lord to do some things there. You ask the Lord to make them your boo. 
But if they continue to let you know that they don't love you, because they got to love you like they love themselves. They got to love the Lord first in order to be able to love themselves and to love you. And many people feel that loving themselves, like I said, you can't love yourself if you're spreading yourself so thin. If you're allowing yourself to not see the value in who you really are. And that the only reason why you're with them is for whatever reason that you think that can make you feel good. No, that's not your boo. Your boo will be you. Of course you're going to think some things differently or a different way of getting to the thing. A, 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 a particular, maybe you have a, a goal you have in life you want to accomplish. But when you're married, that goal is to be together. You strive to that point together. If you cannot agree on the things of God, which is your source... As a Christian, you have to go back to the source. And the only source he gave us here, and it even told us in the word, when you read it, you think you have eternal life, meaning it is, it's a living word. It's something for us every day. I've heard people say that you can take the word and make it mean whatever you want. No, you cannot. That's somebody telling a flat-out, bold-faced lie, they saying that. And I don't care who it is. They are a liar. And there's no truth in that. The truth is, the word is applicable to everyday life. And it is supposed to change us. It, we cannot change the word to fit us at all. Can I do it? Now, when I tell you that our uh, platform here, and even on uh, Facebook, and he allowed me to well, at the point before my uh, flat, my hard drive uh, was destroyed, uh, was uploading these things to whomever may uh, be drawn to this particular ministry. I may never meet you. And it may just be one person. And I'm thankful for that. So, what you do... When you find out that your boo is not yours and you're still married to them, ask the Lord to fix it and get out of the way. Say, Lord, you fix it any way you desire for this to be. You ask the Lord to do that because if he desires for you two to be one, then that means that that individual will start loving the Lord like you do. If they choose not to, they're really not your boo. And you already asked the Lord to fix it, then the Lord will allow them to go where they want to be. Your life won't be miserable and theirs won't either. Because he gave us life to represent his goodness, his tender mercies, his compassion. He gave us marriages that those, the miracle of two people becoming one and he's stepping in that union. And every time you come together in your sexual intercourse, you go to a level that you have never even imagined as far as intimacy. And then some people try to use it as a drug because sex is pleasurable. 
That's the reason why people start getting into so many things. Uh, they want to do so many um, moves, as we say. Just to, it's like taking a drug and then you didn't get the same high. So now you got to do different things to get pleasure. It has nothing to do with the intimacy. Because intimacy, when you're allowing the Lord to do what he has to do, what they call the missionary position, let me tell you something. For you to be in a missionary position and you are humbled and you on your back receiving from someone else. If the Lord is in that midst and he takes you to a level of intimacy in the spiritual realm where you have never even thought you talking about pleasurable that is off limits to any and everybody else. He said it. He only created sex for married people. And then people want to take that and make it their tool, their toy. To go with whomever they want to, whenever they want to, because it feels good to me. I want to pretend I'm married. I want the things of marriage, but I really don't want to be married. I want to, uh, uh, if you don't do, somebody else will. Uh, 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 you made me upset because you said this. Oh, you didn't do this so I can go there. And then you're going to pretend, got to continuously belittle yourself. Put yourself in pieces. Over and over again for someone else when you're supposed to be where you're supposed to be. Now, if that person chooses to do that, then again, that's not your boo. Now, then that's two sides at the same time. Let's go there. <laughs> if that person is your boo, let's put it there. Let's get both sides of the fence. And they are doing some things, then they don't know why they're doing it. You keep praying. They will stop. Because if they're really your boo, they can't do that. You see what I'm saying? It goes back to that. They can't continuously do that. If they're doing that right now, it cannot continue if they are yours. And you loving the Lord, you call by God, you chosen by God, you believe him to be who he is, do what he said he did, and do what he's continuously continuing to do today. Things that you read in the words, you've seen it already, you've seen it happen now, and it was written thousands of years ago. So, if you two are not believing that, that truth your premise of your faith in Christ is contingent upon what you heard him say through this word. If you two can't agree on that, then you two are not each other's boot. That's just it. It may be hard to take. And I know that. So, if they are to be your boot, then it has to be done that way. If you are a Christian, or you just became a Christian. You're still a Christian, but you just became, you're not seasoned. What we mean by seasoned. Someone has been uh, a Christian for a while, allowing the Lord to use them and, and, and direct them. And then you allow yourself to get to the point you get carnal. That's when you know something's wrong. Things that you start doing that you know you would never have done before. Things that you were saying that you would never have said before. You're getting more carnal, fleshly. Your responses to things are not holy. There's something wrong. 
So you need to pray and ask the Lord to fix it. If this is my husband and this is my wife, Lord, I need you to fix it like you would have it to be fixed. Don't try to dictate how he does it. Allow the Lord to do it. Because the truth is, the Lord will present himself to that individual. He's going to allow them to see or hear someone everywhere he goes. Someone is going to be talking about the Lord, loving on the Lord. And if they reject that, take it as if someone trying to control them, you already know. Because their spirit is not there. They're not receiving it. If they were receiving it like the Lord was showing them, they would see that was the best thing that anybody could ever do is to love on you and present you. Because if I love you enough, I'm going to tell you the truth, whether you're ready to hear that or not. Your flesh is never going to be ready to hear it, ever, because your flesh is selfish. All of our flesh is selfish. It wants what it wants, when it wants, how it wants it. Don't care how it gets it. Don't care who it step over to get. It would cause you to, to overlook boundaries. It will cause you to look ineffective. It will cause you to look fearful. It will cause you to look uh, uh, just downright mean and nasty and rude and crude and socially unacceptable. It doesn't care. Flesh is a baby that just don't want to grow up. So when we are dealing with that against the spirit, which is always mature, always wise, always loving, always humble, always kind, then we are warring. We will war in ourselves that way. And we will feel very awful when we are doing or saying something that we don't want to do. But when we are mature in the spirit, in the relationship of the Lord, we are quick to get that thing right. We're quick to say, I was wrong about that. See, a baby, a baby needs you to go and fix it for them. A mature person goes and get it fixed. And that's what the Lord wants us to do. Yes, he allow us to eat little baby food for a while, but you got to grow up. He wants us to grow up quickly too. And he will allow us to grow up quickly when we are mature enough that we don't even like our own stinking mess. Now that doesn't make us arrogant. Arrogant is fear. Arrogance is nothing but fear. Fear what people are going to think if I'm not really what they think I am. But when you are maturing the Lord, it doesn't matter what people think. You don't have X amount of dollars, so what? You didn't graduate from a certain school, so what? So you shop at the Dollar Tree and the Dollar Store. I saw that on Facebook. Someone said, who, who is willing to admit that they shop at Family Dollar and Dollar General? Girl, please, or sir, please. Yes, I do. And thankful to do it. Please. Anyway. Um, so <laughs> you are mature enough to say those things. So what? Maybe you got a high school diploma. Maybe you did not. But your spiritual, your spiritual walk is a PhD. And the person who has a natural PhD, their spirituality, their spiritual walk with Christ, <laughs> don't even have a GED. Come on now. How do you know they're your boo? How do you know that they are your boo or they not your boo when they don't live up to the things that the Lord says? We're talking about from a Christian perspective. 
Now, if you, some of you say, well, I'm not there yet. I believe the Lord, though, because there are a lot of people. But, you know, I've been hurt in church and all these things, and neither one of us in church like that. But you do respect. But I respect, the, I respect church people, though. Okay, so you both are not in that relationship with the Lord yet. But okay, so let's put it on your, in your perspective. If your boo doesn't think like you, you said that you respect the things of God and the people of God, and you're not trying to shame them. If that person you married to don't feel that same way, even on that level, they can't be yours. You're going to have a problem. Because you will be willing that if someone like uh, me talking to you, you are sitting, listen, you, you're not going to be criticizing, mimicking, mocking, acting like a child and disrespectful. You won't do that. You're going to listen, even though you might not be willing to change anything at all. Because the Lord is not asking you to change anything immediately. He's asking you to let him in. Because so he can do the work. And it's amazing the things that he does. And then the next thing we know, when did we change like that? When did I stop liking that? When did I do? Wow, I don't even like that anymore. Because he's perfect. And he makes us perfect. He gives us the desires of his heart. He presents us in such a way that, oh my goodness, no, he said, even your enemies will be at peace with you. They can't have, they won't even have a bad thing to say about you because you've changed. You're not trying to prove your point, throw your rocks, hide your hands, let any and everybody do whatever because you're afraid because I've done it. I've said this and that. And what are they going to say about me? You won't have any fear because you're no longer that anyway. You're not doing that anyway. So what if they say anything? It'll roll off of you like water on the duck's back. So what is, who are they talking to? That's not me anymore. You have no point to prove. I just want to thank you. For even stopping by tonight and having this chat with me. I want you to think about what I was telling you about. That how do you know your boo is not yours? When you two are not on the same page, you already know there's problems. We hear all the time that uh, uh, money tears, destroys marriages. That's not true. A tool cannot destroy a marriage. God created that marriage. God created that ministry, which is marriage. The first ministry that he ordained himself, he created it. So a tool that man created cannot destroy what God created. We would have to do that. Now, if you're not on the same, if fear comes in because you don't have bills paid or whatever and all these things, and in the natural we, we were talking about, or we were, I like to do in counseling, the Lord gave us some, some scenarios. One, like if you have a certain amount of money and you have more bills than you have the money, who do you pay first? First of all, you're going to make sure that the Lord gets his 10%. That's if you have a relationship, you know this. But if you don't yet, because I believe you will, but if you don't yet, you're going to make sure that you got your bills paid, right? Or you, at least the, the main bills, you got to have some food in your house. You got to have the lights on. 
that sort of thing. Some gasoline in your vehicle to go to work or the grocery stores and things like that. And see, if you don't have enough after that, then that's when you make arrangements on those other things. Because the main things got to remain the main things. You don't just pay all these other bills and then you're lacking in your house. That's when problems come in there, at. If someone doesn't have their food, someone can't get to work, the lights are off or something like that. Some people can't, you know, they just can't handle those things. And some things is just beyond your control. But if this is in your control, then you can't say money tore the marriage up. You got to be able to communicate in everyday life situations. People, your, your spouse may um, have to communicate differently than you. And generally, we women have to talk things out. We need to. That's how he made us. Otherwise, it reflects in other areas of our lives. That's why a lot of people say, well, she's grumpy, this and that and other. You're not even allowing her to let things out. And when she gets the opportunity to, you're trying to shut it off because you're not mature enough to hear it. Then you're going to have a problem. And women the same way. If men are trying to, uh, to let you know some things and, and then you don't want to hear him, then you're going to have a problem. But at the same time, be able to hear the truth, both of you. And don't just, you can't be just trying to slam someone because you just want to slam them and then you want them to shut off the truth. That's immaturity. You know that's your boo when you're trying to work on this thing remaining permanent until God catch us up. That I don't want anybody else but you because you me. I can't get another me. When you see that I'm the only me I can be. I can be a better me, things that I'm not, I'm not doing, I could do better. But I'm going to keep you and we can get better, then you know that's your boo. So I want to thank you all so much for stopping by and chatting with me. I love you so much. I'm going to tell you that and I do with all of my heart. And this is I'm going to tell you all the time. It's never going to change because it's more important. God loved you first and he loved you best. God bless you. Good night.